there's a holy well that's located kind of 120 meters west of the graveyard and it this is dedicated to saint aidan people would visit the holy well on the 31st of january and they tie rags to the tree and leave their sticks there and then as um the disease rotted away that the rags would rot away also hello and welcome to stories from a living graveyard a podcast series created by myself finn dewar and Damien Shields, the host of the Forgotten Irish podcast. This series looks at stories from Preben Cemetery in County Wicklow. In the last episode, we heard about the ancient history of Preben, and in this show, we look at some incredible traditions that have endured over the centuries. As Yvonne Whitty explained at the beginning, people have been visiting a holy well at Preben for centuries. It's been a very important place for this community, not only in days long past, but in recent times as well. Although these traditions are now dying, in this podcast we will hear the words of the recently deceased resident of Preben, Maura Carty, as she recounted her memories of people coming to the well in search of cures. Damien also interviews Dr Louise Nugent, an expert in this area, who tells us the history of holy wells from the distant past into the present day. This series was produced in association with the Preben Graveyard Committee and the Heritage Office of Wicklow County Council. We would like to express our thanks to the Heritage Council and Wicklow County Council for funding the podcast and the ongoing work to reveal the hidden heritage of Preben Cemetery. Sound was by Jason Looney. St. Hayden was the first Bishop of Ferns, we're told. He blessed that well, that's why it was called St. Hayden's well. He used to go from Loch Derry on a pilgrimage to a lady's island in Wexford. And they came this way, you see. And they left their sticks at people. There was a scalp there and used to leave red rags on it. Anyone who was cured, that was an old boat. These are the words of the late Maura Carty, a native of Preben. Maura there is describing how people came to the Holy Well near the cemetery in search of cures. This custom of tying rags to what Maura calls a schock or a bush was not uncommon across Ireland in the past. It was, and in some areas today, is still believed to have healing properties. To understand this ancient tradition, Damien interviewed Dr Louise Nugent, the author of Journeys of Faith, Stories of Pilgrimage from Medieval Ireland, which was published this year. Louise is not only an expert on holy wells, but has also helped the Preben Graveyard Committee. Why would people have been doing pilgrimages around these wells? What was the significance of them? So Damien, um, firstly, I'm just going to explain what a well is, um, a holy well. So a holy well is a source of water, either a natural spring or it can be a depression in the, in the ground that just fills with water that's associated with a saint. So in essence, it's a landscape relic. It's um, seen as being holy. It's a place where either there, there's a lot of folklore connected with these places that they, are, they were formed um, because of the saint who either was walking along and maybe tapped his staff on the ground and water burst forth or maybe came to um, a place and actually blessed the well and used it to baptise people. So they're seen really as very holy places within the landscape in the, the Irish Catholic tradition. Some of these wells may date back to the Iron Age. We Some um, evidence um, of, of Iron Age offerings have been found at wells in, in Meath, some were Christianized with the arrival of, of Christianity in the 5th century. 
But others are much later. Some are, are as late, came into being as late as the 19th century. There's examples of holy wells in, in Kildare, Father Moore's well, for example, which only came into being in the 19th century. So there's a long tradition of these, these holy sources of water, but they need not all be prehistoric or medieval. They, they seem to come into being at different points in time. So each well has its own unique history. Okay, and would it be common for them to be associated or nearby churches, like the church site in the cemetery at Preben, or are they sometimes not? Some some wells occur isolated on their own, um, but it, it it is very common to find um, holy wells associated with with early medieval and later medieval monasteries, and th- occasionally as well, some of them are associated with prehistoric sites. So so it would not be unusual at all. So when Mora talks about the, the the people visiting this well, but can you give us a sense of of why? they were going there and what type of things they were doing when they were at the well? So people often, um, certain wells were associated with with different things. Many of them were associated with healing. So people would often um, go to the well um, and and take the water because they believed that having said appropriate prayers, it might bring relief from certain ailments. So there's certain wells would be associated with cures for sore eyes, um, cures for sore limbs. So people who were in pain would often visit these places. Because, again, of their association with the saints, people who were in trouble or had personal tragedy would also visit these places as well. Um, And they were also visited, particularly on the saints' feast day, by people who who would feel that there was a greater connection with the saint on that particular day. Okay, and and Maura makes reference actually to that in relation to St. Aidan. So saints like him were popular then. They often associated with these pilgrimage sites, these specific, did they tend to usually be Irish saints or was there a mixture? There is a mixture, predominantly a, there, there is a large number of um, holy well sites that are associated with early Irish saints. So that is extre- across the country. Um, there seems to have been rededications to in the later period to, to the Blessed Virgin. Some um, holy wells were rededicated to um, the Blessed Virgin or, or to, to, say, St. Patrick, some um, very well-known saints. But it's very, very common to have um, holy wells dedicated to early Irish saints, just as you have early Irish saints as patrons of, of many of the monasteries around the country. Mara was saying that there, there was a tree at the well and people were, used to tie rags to it. I presume that's something to do with the healing process that you were mentioning, is it? It is. It, it's, it's actually very common to find um, a holy tree beside um, many of these wells. And the trees um, often have an association with the saint, but it, it was and it still is common at certain sites where people will, will make their pilgrimage. And having said their prayers, they will tie a rag or a ribbon onto a nearby bush or a tree. And the idea is that by tying the ribbon, having made your petition to the saint and to God that, for example, if you were sick and you tied the ribbon there, you're praying to get better. As you, you, you the people feel that they're leaving the sickness tied to the tree um, and others would feel that as the rag kind of degrades, so too their sickness will degrade as well. One of the things Mara mentions is that it, it was a stop off point. She mentioned two other sites 
um, she was talking about Loch Darg and Ladies Island. Just to talk first about Loch Darg, are these better known pilgrimage sites than than the one at Preben, or is there a relationship? Could you just talk talk to us a bit about that? Um, so Loch Darg and Ladies Island are both um, throughout the the post medieval period, particularly the nineteenth and into the twentieth century were two of the most popular pilgrim sites in Ireland. So they would have been visited by pilgrims from all over the country. There was a tradition um, of pilgrims making a pilgrimage first to Loch Derg. And the pilgrim season at Loch Derg, I think, was um, June. I can't remember exactly when it starts, but early June right through to um, the 15th of August. Whereas the pilgrim season in Ladies Island is the 15th of August to the 8th of September, two Marian feast days. So the idea would be that you would make your pilgrimage to Loch Derg and having completed it, then you would later make a pilgrimage to Ladies Island. And it's interesting that around Ladies Island, a number of souvenirs from the 18th century known as penal crosses have turned up in the area. And these, these souvenirs were actually sold at Loch Derg to pilgrims. So there's a tie there and there's a connection between those two sites. But they would be very high status sites where the, the Holy Well at Preben um, would be more of a local interest. Certainly there's not a large, there, there is no documentary evidence to relating to that well, which is not unusual because some wells were just very much local and we often really depend on local tradition and memory to to tell us about these places and their history. In, in relation to Loch Dargan Ladies Island, are they're in they're a long way from each other. Are they there in the does it, it they are, yes. Um Loch Derg, um or St. Patrick's Purgatory as it's better known, is located in a lake in South Donegal, um, near the village of Pettigo. Whereas um Ladies Island is also located in a lake, but it's it's located in the barony of Bargy and Forth in in Wexford, so they're they're quite a distance away. Would there be a difference so between somebody deciding to make a decision that they would go to their own local well that might be a, a mile down the road in Preben, and deciding that they're going to undertake a huge journey between Donegal and Wexford? Might is that something that depended on your status in society or? how big your problem was or i think in in certainly in modern times it's it it, they they have it's like the difference of say going to your local parish church and maybe going to the cathedral when you're you know you decide where you want to go um it would be normal for people to make pilgrimages to their, their local holy well um and some of these would have declined and kind of went out of use but um you would say, for example, Loch Derg is very much associated with, with penance. So people would go there to make um, a penitential pilgrimage. So you would go to Loch Derg and you would, the normal length of the pilgrimage throughout this period, right up to modern times, is three days. So people would get a boat over onto the island. And part of the traditions on the island are fasting and prayer vigils. Where you know where you're, you're not um, eating anything other than bread and, and and black tea, and you're staying awake for large periods of time and doing rounds and and prayers. So so the idea is of going somewhere like that is it's more for the salvation of your soul. Whereas you might go to the holy well if you needed a cure for a sore tooth or a headache. 
So, so they're kind of two different places. Okay. The Loch Derg is certainly much more about spiritual salvation, whereas the, the Well of Preben would, would not have that same kind of um, kind of uh, status. Okay, okay. You mentioned doing rounds and, and like it's very structured at a lot of those pilgrimage sites. Is it that people would have had to say certain prayers? And Yes, at, at many Irish sites, there is a prescribed way of doing your prayers. It usually involves walking clockwise while reciting certain prayers. This, the prayers are pretty much standard across um, sites. They tend to be the Our Father, the Hail Mary, um, the Glory Be to Father, and often the Creed as well. And they're repeated in certain orders. Um, and so you would have certain numbers of prayers that would be said. And, and it's, it's, it's common to have certain focal points in the landscape, like crosses or wells or, or cairns of stones that pilgrims will say these prayers around while making clockwise circuits of the site. We were talking a little earlier um, about how, um, you know, there's not a, a huge amount of memory left of um, what was going on at Preben. And Maura um, was one of the last people to, to know about exactly what was going on there. But some of these sites are still very popular. And presumably that's a tradition that, that, that you can say stretches back a thousand years, that it's a, it's a very similar process that people are, are doing. In some some sites, um, there is a continuity of tradition that that stretches back centuries. For example, at, at St. Patrick's Purgatory, we have historical um, and literary evidence to suggest that it's been a place of pilgrimage since at least the 12th century. Um, but having said that, it's very difficult to know whether people were saying exactly the same prayers or approaching yeah. things in exactly the same manner a hundred years ago as they would have 800 years ago, let alone a thousand years ago. So we have to allow for changes just as the modern church is very different to, to the, the church from the 1950s as it is from the 1800s, maybe to, you know, to, to um, what it was like in the medieval period. So while certain elements remain unchanged, other things do change. We would like to thank Louise for her time and amazing insights. In the next episode, we turn to what was the bloodiest chapter in the South Wicklow area, the 1798 rebellion and how this affected Preben. That's out tomorrow. Until then, Sloan.